Hello, and welcome to the Cyber Sisters podcast. We're your Cyber Sisters, Allison and Emily, two cyber educators talking about tech pedagogy and life in the digital age. Welcome back officially for season four. We are so excited to be back. Um, As we mentioned in our episode zero, we did have to take a little bit of a hiatus at the beginning of the year because of some exciting news from Miss Emily, um, who is now an instructional coach with a brand new school. We are so proud of her. So Emily, how are things going? Things are things are going. <laughs> it's been a it's been a transition. I actually I was talking to someone else the other night from my PLN who transitioned out of the classroom this year into a technology role and she was having similar feelings <laughs> about leaving the classroom and going into the more of the coaching role. So it's it's been an interesting journey to say the least. Um but Allison I hear that you have some exciting news on our episode one. I do. So uh, drum roll completely ironically, um, I am also going to be starting a coaching role. (laughs) Um, So uh, we want to say that this is not going to turn into, you know, sort of strictly a coaching podcast. We are going to continue on with our interviews um, and with uh, things that are very specific to, you know, classroom culture. Um, But yeah, I I officially accepted an offer uh, to be an instructional coach. Um, I'm still at the time of recording this in the process of transitioning work. And I am so, so excited. It was not something that I was expecting in any capacity, as I've said to many people um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, I really was one of those teachers who was like, I'm going to die figuratively, of course, in the classroom, right? I'm not somebody who's looking to necessarily go into admin. Um, I think that being being a really good teacher is a really good job, and I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, but the opportunity came up, and as we'll talk about later in this episode, um, I, I had sort of a, a good feeling about it and interviewed um, and accepted the offer. So I am very, very excited, and that does kind of lead us a little bit into uh, the topic of today's episode. One of the pieces of feedback that we got um, uh, from last season and some of the other seasons as well is that we haven't really had the opportunity um, to talk about sort of our personal stories in education. Um, we often ask ask uh, people about their journey to education, why we became an educator, um, and what sort of strategies have been in place that have really kept them in education. And I think where there is sort of a national conversation around, um, you know, the profession and, you know, how to stay in an environment where, you know, some days are really hard and it asks a lot of us. Um, we thought that this would be a good moment for us to talk a little bit about sort of why we became educators ourselves, um, and also to talk a little bit about some of our more difficult moments in education and how we've managed to um, keep our spark alive uh, for the classroom and now for, you know, new positions that we're both entering. So um, I'm really, really excited uh, for this episode. I think it'll be sort of a fun one for us to discuss, and hopefully it's something where uh, you can take some value out of that process as well, especially if you're feeling like you may be in an education rut yourself. Also, just letting everybody know, because I know this is going to be slightly deceiving based on when things get released, Um, (laughs) but just figured that I would put timelines out for you. Allison and I recorded episode zero, what, like a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks, and 
her instructional coach job was not on the horizon. It did not enter our conversation at all. Um, and here we are two weeks later and she has the job. So <laughs> lest you think that we kept something from you, um, we did not. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Is, this came about very fast. Very fast. <laughs> we, we were not hiding anything from you. It was, it was not on our horizon at all. Yeah. Um, so I think we decided that I'm getting started. Um, yeah. so my story of finding my spark kind of starts back in 2016, 17 ish somewhere. <laughs> um, I was, I was definitely at Agora. Um, and that year was a crazy one. There were lots of changes going on kind of everywhere. Um, and in the span of a week, literally, um, I lost both of my grandparents. Um, so I was out of school. I took my three bereavement days, came back for a day and then was out again for yep. another three days. Um, <laughs> so things were kind of in shambles, both in school and my personal life. And things were really crazy. We had some team changes. There was staff shakeups left and right. Um, we were getting moved around. Um, Allison and I weren't together for part of that I, time. The hardest possible option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was just kind of like trying to find my place. It was it was crazy. Um, and then, as we often say, um, KTI happened. <laughs> um, so I had heard about this thing called KTI through PAECT, um, which if you are not a member of PAECT, at least you should be because anybody can join. There's also a membership for out-of-state people. Um, so I'd heard about this and someone was talking to me about it um, again and I finally said to them, I was like, I keep hearing about this, but am I actually going to get anything out of it as a cyber teacher? Because everything I keep hearing about it says that it's lots of like hands-on STEM stuff. And I don't know if I can use it. I also hear that it's a lot of Apple stuff and we're not an Apple district. We don't have iPads. We don't have Macs. We don't have anything Apple. Um, and we're a Microsoft district. We're not a Google school. So is this actually worth it? <laughs> and the person I was talking to said, yes. Um, they said, you're right. There is a little bit of a STEM focus, but the connections you make are going to be worthwhile. So I was like, okay, went back, talked to my principal and I said, can you please nominate me for this? We've never had anyone at Agora go. Um, I think <laughs> it might be worthwhile. So she looked at it and she nominated me. And summer 2018 is when I went. And connecting with those people in the room is really what helped me. Um, I found people of similar interests. I found people who were doing cool things in their classes. Um, I was one of two 
cyber educators in the room. Um, I did connect with somebody else who was there. Um, but it was able to connect me with people who were doing other things. It was able to connect me with a group of people who I now consider friends for the most part. I met so many other amazing people there. Um, and now I say, hey, I need help with this. And they're able to help me. Um, came back, realized how much I loved educational technology um, and started my um, certificate for ITS. I always have to remember what it stands for. <laughs> There's so many acronyms in education that it's just like. <laughs> Instructional Technology Specialist. Yes, there um, you go. <laughs> so <laughs> did that. Um, which was able to then help me grow my skills and start doing things in my classroom, which led to Allison and I starting the podcast. Cause then I was like, Allison, you need to do KTI, um, yes. <laughs> which she'll, I'm pretty sure she'll probably get to in her story. Um, and then eventually I came to this instructional coach position, um, which I also kind of fell into. Um, I actually interviewed for a technology coach position, um, which was kind of where my heart really was at the moment. And I wanted to be helping teachers with technology. Um, and <laughs> they said, we already filled that instructional technology position, but we have this instructional coaching position open. What do you think about that? Um, and I did think about it and I hesitated. Um, but because it's a cyber school and I was like, okay. Um, so I'm still helping teachers, which I like. Like, I like helping people just like I liked helping my students. Um, I'm working with teachers one-on-one -on -one for the most part or a couple at a time. Um, and I'm helping them design things, do cool things in their classrooms. Um, and so it has been, it's been an interesting journey though. So, and I know Alice and I have talked a lot about how I'm working on finding that spark again mm -hmm. because it's it's been a challenge <laughs> I mean I I think one of the things in your story that I sort of see a connection between right though is that like the first time that you sort of felt like you lost your spark in the classroom was connected to a time where things felt uncertain and I think that whenever you're in a period of transition it can be hard to sometimes feel that excitement if you're worried about like, am I going to do a good enough job? Or am I, do I feel like I can even access the fun parts of the job, right? Like for you, it, it's working with people and having that social time and like making that connection with people and talking about education, but also like the creativity, right? Like one of the things that you do so well is coming up with really interesting ways to take 
something that's in like a brick and mortar classroom and transition it to the cyber environment. We were literally just talking like not 20 minutes ago <laughs> about like fishbowl discussions. And like, how did, how, like, what is, what is the puzzle? Like, how could I do this inside of a cyber classroom? And like that process is really fun. But when you first start something new or you feel like there's a little bit of chaos around, you're not thinking about the fun stuff. You're thinking about like, oh, like how do I, you know, access this material that I need? Or like, what's the school culture here? Or like, what are, there's so many other questions that get in the way of the passion that like, I think that that for you, especially right now is a really important thing to just sort of keep in mind that like, I think as you just get used to being in a new environment, you're going to have access to the things that you love again, right? And like, I think your story really highlights a lot of the the same kind of stuff, right? That you're going to do to sort of find that spark again, right? Like you're going to make connections. You're going to build community. You're going to like find people with similar interests, but also people with similar ambitions. Like one of the things that I am genuinely excited for and, and you know, was certainly a factor in, in applying for this position was I'm going to know other people who are becoming a coach at the exact same time. You know exactly what it is that like I'll be going through and I'll know what you're going through. Um, even if we're at different schools, right? It's a similar enough experience that when you have somebody who's like, yes, I'm ready to continue to grow. And I have like a buddy <laughs> who wants to like do that at the same time. It makes such a big difference. I am so excited that you're doing this at the same time now. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot even tell you. <laughs> I also think that like another piece of your story that like really, um, it was was important to me was this sort of idea and like probably because my I think my own mirrors it a little bit here is that sort of sense of like this wasn't what I was expecting but I was willing to refine my vision a little bit right I was willing to like I know that what you really wanted was like tech coaching and that kind of stuff but you looked at the components of the job and were able to say this is a lot of the same stuff that I love, right? It may not have the same name and like there may be some nuanced differences, but at the end of the day, right? The core stuff, my core values of how I get to spend my day are gonna be there. It's still gonna be coaching. It's still gonna be serving students in some way, right? Like it's a student focused kind of job. Um, it's still talking about ed tech, right? And like, I really applaud you for not letting yourself get caught in one vision of yourself just because like you did spend a lot of time with this as your ambition you know what i mean you went back to school specifically for like tech coaching and built a lot of you know things that i know that you were working on in your own professional development around those particular things and like i think it would have been so easy to sunk cost fallacy and just be like i if it's not the instructional like if it's not the digital or oh my goodness why am i <laughs> what the tech coach there you go it's not the tech coach position like it, it's nothing right um and i'm i'm really glad that that wasn't what you did and that you did take that chance um and i i feel very confident that you're going to find your spark again and you know that that, that can be like an open question i guess for this season of the podcast as our our narrative continues right our connection to uh to the stuff that we love but we promise this is not going to turn into an instructional coaching podcast like yeah. we have it planned <laughs> out we're keeping well like i don't want people to worry about that now that like we both kind yeah. of shifted here um like we're we're keeping the format the same we promise yeah we're we're still very <laughs> much interested in 
in classroom-based stuff, right? Like what, what are the techniques? Who are people right now that we know or who are educators who are doing really cool stuff and connecting you guys with them um, and hopefully connecting the, the people that we coach, you know what I mean, with, yeah. with them and with those strategies. That's a huge thing for us. Um, and also, but really focusing on those like classroom-based strategies. That's, that is, I think, where our love is. Um, is in that, you know, creating those materials and, you know, being able to be creative. And so that's, that's still very much where, uh, where this season was. We did have to do some, some pretty heavy <laughs> rethinks about some of the episodes because we did have a couple of triads that we will definitely not be able to try. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're, uh, we're, we're excited uh, to creatively think about that challenge and that problem this season. <laughs> How about you, Allison? So it's interesting when we were talking about this question of like educator spark, um, I definitely like I'd say five, maybe even six years ago now, went through a, a pretty like hefty slump. Um, like I, I still loved my kids, you know what I mean? I still, you know, enjoyed my job. It, it wasn't a, a situation where I was feeling like, oh, completely burned out. Um, but I think when you first start teaching, one of the things that's really exciting it's overwhelming but it is it is exciting is that you are getting better every day right like the first like week that you walk in i feel like or at least the first week i walked in it was like oh my gosh i finally have my own classroom and you're completely overwhelmed by all the things you have to do and you know i, I think there's all of these areas where you feel like you're making progress i was better at asking questions today i was better at writing tests i was better at making this assignment i was better at making connections and you feel that sense of progress and i really am the type of person that like I need to feel like I'm making progress. I need to feel like I'm growing in order to really feel satisfied with my work. That's what makes me feel like I'm doing a good job is like, am I progressing a little bit every day? Great. Awesome. That I'm, I'm happy with the work that I'm doing. Um, and I, I hit a point, I think about five years into my teaching career, where I started to come up against like the really hard problems of education and like in particular cyber education, where it's like, I want to do some of the really cool projects that I see brick and mortar counterparts doing, but it doesn't feel possible to do in my environment or, you know, engagement, right? Like I am really struggling to engage many of these students long distance. And like I could sort of for a period of time really focus on those kids who who were sort of naturally engaging. But like that's I, I want to get everybody on board. I want this to be a classroom where everybody is being pulled in um, and, and coming up against some of those really, really hard problems and not really seeing a lot of like answers on the horizon. And I just, I found myself getting very frustrated by like the lack of progress. I kept trying to like engage or kept trying to, uh, you know, do cool things and like stuff was just like failing left and right. And I was just like, not into it. It wasn't great. Um, the big thing I think that I, the, the first big decision that I made in terms of like getting myself back to a place where I felt really good in the classroom was by asking myself like, how can I be having more fun? And I know that that's not like a student focused question, but I do think it is very difficult to convince your students to engage or be passionate about a subject that you are not demonstrating any passion for, right? If you come to work ready to have fun and to engage and to like be engaged, I think on some like subatomic level, I do think that that transfers to kids, right? Like they they have such a like intense read of energy, even through a screen, right? They can see it on your face in your body language if you're just like not into it, you know what I mean? So I began asking myself like, what are some of the fun things 
that I can be doing. Um, and getting into to gamification was a huge part of that. I am like a giant nerd um, outside of this podcast. I think I've made, you know, mention of various things, but like, I'd love to play d and I love to like uh, spend a lot of time in like nerd culture and gamification culture. And so finding ways that I could bring those genuine passions into the classroom. Um, I did some really cool gamification stuff with some of the novels that we did, The Hobbit, The Odyssey. Uh, and that was really fun for me. It kind of connected me back to something that I found really interesting. And it gave me a different source to be inspired by because games are an entire like system. There's so much research around gamification and what makes players play and what makes players have fun. And now I had a whole ton more resources that I was able to pull from and to be inspired by and that gave me techniques that weren't necessarily uh, traditional education kind of stuff. So it was pulling from different fields was really really awesome. Um, I looked for more interesting supplemental material. So there were places where I may not be able to change like the individual stories or individual texts we're learning, but I could bring in supplemental materials that were like super high interest that like I was excited to talk about and the kids were excited to talk about um, and find ways to kind of in those little moments fit those things in. Um, could I change up some of the projects? That was another big one was trying to find ways to change up some of the projects and make them sort of like a little bit more high interest. And that is one of the big things that got me at Emily talking was I was spending a lot of time saying to Emily, I want to do this big thing with a project, um, but I don't feel like I have the ed tech to do it. Do you have any ideas? And, you know, this is when she was sort of had just come back from KTI, had a bunch of really great stuff. Um, and that's really what convinced uh, sort of me that this was something that I wanted to take. So I also, once again, asked for a nomination. Um, you do still have to go through, like, I, I don't want it to sound like a, like we just asked to go to KTI and then you go, you you know, we asked our principals to be nominated, but afterwards <laughs> you do still have yeah. to go through like a, a whole process to be accepted. It is not, you know, um, you know, just like you, you asking, you go. Um, and it was really exciting to find all of these, you know, new people um, that were, had sort of, I think that same level of ambition, right? Like one of the things that I need is a point on the horizon, right? I need to sort of feel like I'm moving towards something. Um, and finding people who I sort of want to emulate or want to be like, or I sort of think of as like personal mentors or personal heroes is like always a thing that has really worked for me, right? Like I can even think about like being, you know, back in various clubs and stuff back in the day um, and being like, oh, that girl has the lead in the school play. I want to be just like her. Um, you know, can I practice singing or can I practice dancing or can I practice doing these things in order to like get myself better? You know what I mean? Um, I really have like a set where that's what I'm trying to do. And I found, I think through KTI um, and, and through working with Emily, people who I really admired. And when I looked at what they were doing in the classroom, like I got that feeling of being like, oh, I could like, that's so hard. Like, that's so amazing. Like what you're doing is awesome. I really want to do that, but I'm absolutely terrified that I never could. Um, and I, I think that that was a huge part of why we decided to start the podcast was that there were things that we wanted to do and we kind of wanted to hold ourselves accountable for getting there, but we didn't necessarily feel like we knew how to get from point A to point B, right? When I think about that early season and some of the things we were doing with gamification, right? Like, Emily, you were terrified to do gamification in your classroom. I remember like talking to Holly and like the things that she was doing with, um, you know, real-time feedback in, in her class. 
right? And like the leveling work with text. And I was just like, this is, you know, incredible to think that you could just like give students a novel and, you know, like who sort of who cares if they finish it? Like, let's really let them go where they're able to go and and put our money where our mouth is. And that to me is what coaching is for. That is what really high sort of level coaching is, is knowing I want to get to a certain level, but I don't know how to walk that path and having somebody break that down for you, right? Like we always talk in education about that zone of proximal development. And for me, I had like Emily and I in, in the process of this podcast had to kind of figure out where our zone of proximal development was. But I, I am somebody who really believes and like have that point on the horizon that you know you're trying to get to um, and and let emulation be a part of that. Like I, I love a mentor. I love a personal hero. I love somebody that I'm looking up to, to try to, you know, grow myself and sort of if, if somebody else has walked that path and somebody else has been able to get there, you know, it's a path that you can walk to. Right. And so I, I take a lot of comfort in that. I think that that really did lead to um, us doing some great work in the podcast. Um, one of the other things that I think was really helpful is that sometimes when you're deciding how to get sort of your spark back in a particular place, is that you have to have the stuff that you're working on and the stuff that you're not working on. Um, I am also a big fan of the like, you can't see my air quotes here, but they are here, the not to-do list. Um, and every year, every year, and Emily can vouch for me on this, I tell her, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm going to be, these are my actual goals in the classroom, but these are the things I will not be doing. And at least 50% of the time I stick to that. (laughs) But every year I have to say to myself, if I'm going to move forward in this area, I can't be trying to move forward in these other areas. And this, what I have has to be good enough right? Or what energy I'm able to do has to be good enough in these areas. Um, because if you don't, that's really how you burn yourself out, right? That's how you find yourself in a place where you're like, I'm trying to give on all cylinders. And like, that's, a, do, do not believe for like one second from either of us that like, we are capable of doing that, right? Like, we have to be strategic about our time and our energy. We're people. <laughs> um, and, and that's, you know, sometimes that not to do list is like really, really helpful. Um, And I I will say that one of the things that I'm excited for in this new role is that feeling of having a horizon again, sort of in my life. Um, As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this, this was something that kind of came not, not totally out of the blue, but it, it was um, a little bit of a surprise to me, even when the opportunity came up to apply. And I said, you know, I do think that I want to do it. I do think that it's something that I'm ready for. I had that horizon feeling again, where I've now spent a lot of time with all of these great administrators and these great coaches. And that spark was there. I could just feel that like, I see a horizon. I see people that I want to be like, I have that feeling of wanting to reach and wanting to extend myself. And I'm sure that in like four months, I'm going to be exactly where Emily is being like, oh my gosh, I'm completely overwhelmed because um, that that is just the cycle. But it, at the moment, I'm feeling very, uh, very helpful and and very excited. Um, and I do think that, you know, that that process of, you know, finding the pieces of it that are, are fun for you and, you know, knowing what you're working on versus what you're not working on and making community and, you know, really having those people that you're watching very closely and learning from and emulating and treading that well-worn path, I, I think is something that is is really exciting. Um, and I do think it, it opens up a whole new venue um, for us on the podcast as well. So I, I think it's going to be a really fantastic year. 
says the eternal optimist. <laughs> Shout out to all of our PLN who um, gets our ever-growing set of questions from us. Yes, I, I will <laughs> say we are like incredibly lucky, and I, I do think that this is a very good moment to shout out. Um, that like I don't think that like either of us would be doing like the jobs that we have now taken on um, <laughs> without like a whole group of people who coached us and supported us and mentored us and gave us opportunities um, and like continue to work with us to grow and support us to grow. Um, and like, that's education at its best. You know what I mean? Like what educators are able to do, not just for our students, like when we're able to give that to each other, that is an incredible and incredible thing. Um, because, you know, the, the people who are in this profession, like by and large, like we're a great group of people. <laughs> um, we're, we're smart, we're creative, we're innovative. Um, you know, we're forward thinking, we're optimistic, we're, we're a lot of things like as a group educators and, you know, it, it is a great place to be. Um, and I, I think we're both excited to serve, serve this community in some new ways. The smartest person in the room is the room. And yes. I think that not only through this podcast, but through all of the other connections we've made, like, don't limit your room. Um, if I learned anything at KTI and PACT, it's that like your room is as large as you want it to be. And if generally speaking, if they don't know the answer, they know somebody who might. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. I, I love that. Don't limit the size of your room. That should be like... <laughs> Put that in the show notes somewhere, right? Like that's like, back to quote of the episode days, right? I was right? just going to say, yeah, yeah back, when, back when I did that, because that was, like, that was a lot of time. Yeah, but I, but I think it's important because I do think that there are sometimes places where we're afraid to have somebody in our room because we're afraid of being judged or that they, you know, won't have time for us or, you know, they can't possibly understand what it looks like from our vantage point in education, um, you know, but your your room has the capacity to hold uh, many, many, many people, as many people as you want to be there. Um, and, and you have the capacity to have these really large, really diverse social networks. Um, so that's, we're, we're going to, I have a feeling that's going to come back quite a lot in this season, Emily. I'm just like putting, putting the prediction out now. Don't limit the size of your room. Um, as a an important <laughs> an important quote for us in this next year. When you said at the beginning about how if you weren't having fun, your students aren't either. That's what made me think about because as cyber educators, we're competing with all of those other things. Um, we're competing with the TV, with video games, with even just like YouTube on their computers. I can open up another tab. Um, yep. We're competing with all of those other things. So we want to make sure that our lessons are fun and engaging. And that doesn't mean that every lesson has to be the whole dog pony circus show. But you want to make sure that you're not sounding boring and uneventful. Well, and I also think that like, once you get to a certain level, right? I don't think that this is the place to go if you're like a first or second year teacher, yes. because there's so many fundamentals that you are like, 
just just getting through and like that is good enough like to be working through those fundamentals um but like anymore i love spending my time on like teacher TikTok and on like facebook groups and like youtube channels and like all of those kind of places two of the things that i'm doing in my class right now um like are, are things that i found on TikTok. um we can link them in our our show notes but like one of them was about not having a great teacher who was talking about how having a, a list of class rules sort of invites people to push against those rules to like make some sort of statement. Um, and I have definitely seen that. I think many of us as educators <laughs> have seen uh, students who you know are going to grow up to make some amazing lawyers who are really figuring out their like letter of the law <laughs> versus spirit of the law kind of approaches. Um, and so she said, you know, I, I don't have that. I just have vibes, right? Like we just have class vibes, right? Like the, the vibe is respect. The vibe is support, right? Like the vibe is these kind of things. Um, and the kids have been absolutely taking it. So when we did social contract, instead of doing um, sort of a normal social contract, we were creating vibes for our classroom. And the rule right now is that any student at any time and or teacher included um, mm -hmm. can say vibe check. Uh, if we're feeling that maybe things are getting a little out of control, if they're maybe feeling a little bit, um, you know, defensive about something that's happened in class, sort of what, whatever the, the thing to be able to say vibe check. And we all have to check, like, are we being supportive, respectful, you know, all of the various things that we, we said. Um, and I, I stole that directly from like this TikTok. Um, and it, it was really, really fun. It's worked great in my classroom. Um, I also started doing, we have these interesting half days this year that are super cool. Um, but I needed something to do on those half days that I felt would kind of fit in that short period of time. Um, and so started doing something called mustard ketchup pickles. <laughs> and I think that this is something that like, if you're in like elementary, where I feel like this is something you may have heard of before, but it, it's working great for my middle schoolers, um, where every day they come in and there's some, there's like a must do. And then once they've done the must do, they can either catch up on something or pickles something. Um, and pickles has provided a really fantastic opportunity because a lot of those are very high value things. Um, and when it comes to certain expectations in the class, um, you know, you have to earn your right to certain really high value pickles things. So if, if we're not meeting certain expectations, um, that's like a piece of leverage that I'm able to have with the students. It's pretty awesome. Um, so I'll include some information about both of those in the show notes. Um, but there's there's really fun places that we can go to find interesting information. Um, and I definitely think that'll be one of the things that I miss the most, right, is, is finding those things and implementing. But uh, I think it'll be special to still be able to share those things with different teachers and see what they pick up on or what great ideas they have. I was going to say, you just find, you still find them. You yeah. just help other <laughs> teachers implement them. Yeah. <laughs> Be a well, a well of yeah. TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Teacher TikTok. <laughs> and then they'd say, oh, I'm going to try that. And you say, tell me when, and I'm just going to go and help you in your classroom when you do it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they want me, if they want me. Uh, but yes, that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Oh, well, it does sound like we have, you know, exciting years ahead of us. And it sounds like, you know, we're going to be connecting to our Spark quite a lot. Um, speaking of Spark, we have some really fantastic guests coming up this season. We are we are pretty guest heavy um, in terms of our, our episodes coming up in the, the near future. Um, but next week we have a, a particular, not, oh my gosh, sorry. 
But next month's episode um, is going to be one that I'm really excited about. We're going to be talking all about um, augmented reality and the metaverse and education. We have a fantastic guest who's doing some really, really cool stuff with it. um, And we're excited uh, for us to jump on in. So tune in. We're going to look for our episodes, try to be out that first Uh, Friday of each month, um, moving through the school year. But we are just so excited to connect you up with some really cool educators this year. Um, As we mentioned before, our next episode will be on uh, augmented reality and metaverse. Um, But we're super excited and we think it's going to be a fantastic season. Speaking of things that we don't know anything about. (laughs) (laughs) Both of us, you should have seen us trying to like write the um, uh, like questions for this episode. It was just like, what is metaverse. <laughs> so I, I think it'll be a great learning opportunity for all of us. Um, and with that, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Cyber Sisters podcast. Um, if you'd like, you can keep in touch with us on our socials. We're on Twitter at, at Allison K Teaches and at Sutler Cyber. We always appreciate keeping those conversations going. We'd love to hear more about uh, in your lives, sort of your your educator spark, what things really keep you connected uh, to your um, role in education, what keeps you in the classroom. Um, and we're, we're excited to hear about it. So please like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And as always, keep trying.